All right, you nutheads. Come see Emery and He Is Legend and the rest on the BC Roadshow. If you didn't catch that, that's right. He Is Legend has been added to the BC Roadshow. And the Bad Christian Podcast, of course, is going to be performing live and a whole bunch of other stuff. Go to bcroadshow.com. Uh, that's coming up real soon, and I'd uh, love to see everybody there. And the people I'm talking about, of course, are people in Nashville. That's on November 8th. Then Greensboro, Lynchburg, Virginia, Teaneck, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Brooklyn, New York, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Akron, Ohio, Louisville, Kentucky. And that's uh, that's all I got for you right now. We have an awesome show today, and it is sponsored by Legacy Box. There's never been a time, a better time to digitally preserve your memories. You can go to LegacyBox.com slash BadChristian to get 40% off your first order and save up to $200 on the largest Legacy Box kit. And also, of course, today's show is brought to you by MeUndies. To get 15% off your first pair, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash BadChristian. Oh, hell yeah, God showed up. Give a shit what I put in my body. You don't ever fucking talk to me that way. <laughs> so if you've never done oral, then you're extra virgin. No, girl, it's my pleasure. I showed my dad my penis when I was 25 years old. You don't get more honest than that. A three, a two, a three, a two, a three, three, two, two, one, 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 one. When it's the bad, when it's this bad that you know it's good, it's bad, but it's good. Talking about it's like bad the salt and the sweet, right? All right, so all right, so go for it, Toby. Knock it off. No, you knock it off. No, you knock it off, Matt. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Turn the tables. Everybody thought I was going for Joey. I don't. I don't always go for you. <laughs> There's many times I go for him. You don't like to acknowledge it. Kind of hurts what? my feelings. I know. When Joey gets mad. If I go off on Matt, Joey's like, fuck. When's I my turn? I don't understand. When's my turn? Right. That's what you are. Right. Okay, so uh, y'all are getting ready to leave here in a little bit. Where we've been doing, oh, can I say we've been doing batch recordings? Yeah. That's okay, right? I don't care. Okay, I didn't know if we were hidden. No. We're trying to be, I'm trying to be uh, transparent. The fact that we recorded this, not the day it comes out, is okay for okay, people praise, to know. Praise the Lord for that one. So y'all are getting ready to fly back to your towns. And so we had the idea, we've been, we recorded on the bus. We had the idea to maybe go park the bus back where it is. It, it makes it easier to if you have people helping you back in and park and all that stuff. Yeah. But y'all are going to go up probably to Reva's, sleep on Reva's couch, and then leave for your early flights in the morning. Her mm-hmm. house is close to the airport and everything. If it makes sense to the folks at home, we have a giant rock band tour bus and yeah. storage. And when yes. we want a podcast, we fly into town. And pull this tour bus from a storage <laughs> unit to a Walmart parking lot, and then we stay there for two or three days and podcast. It's and then so we ta- fun. In a, and we just stay in the parking lot for a couple of days and travel to no rock gigs. Right. And then go back to the storage unit and fly home. That's yeah. what we're doing right now. It's really funny, too, because several people have said, are y'all on tour? I was like, no, I'm nope. just getting the bus. What are you talking about? Got a <laughs> <bus>. <laughs> podcast. Just getting the bus. He, Joey, you asked me that. <laughs> yeah. He said, we're, we're, oh, y'all are all going on tour. No, no, no. We just we have it's a just bus. just a good office. Mm-hmm. We use the bus no matter what. So anyway, y'all are going back up to Rivas, and I'm going to stay here down. And I'm a, I'm a little sad. I'm like, I, in my mind, I've been thinking, should I go hang out too? Should I try and convince y'all to eat dinner down here with me before y'all leave? I've been thinking, like, maybe I should just say I can do the bus by myself. That way we can hang out all night or whatever, even though my family's 
two miles from here or whatever. And I was thinking, I'm probably the only one that's like that. Like, if we were in Charleston, you wouldn't care at all if we drove up to Somerville and you didn't see us again. And Matt, you probably felt the same. If we were in Seattle, you wouldn't end up caring if I, if, if we drove down to Tacoma and you didn't sure, go For sure, I wouldn't spend the night and, have to, and stay in the bus down the street from my house. I would go home. Now, the difference is I would wish so bad that I was just staying on the bus and hanging out in the parking lot. I would rather yeah. do what you're doing, but I would, you know. If my, we were in Charleston, you wouldn't have slept on the bus, would you? You no, we would go home. We got done podcasting, right? No, you would have slept on the bus. Yeah, I think so. Just because of the more fun. Well, I but think if my it, house was down the street. I probably would go home. Well, it's also the purpose. I think is being able to wake up together, talk yeah, about for things sure. constantly. So I right. see it as a more productive setup. True. Now well, I can't wouldn't do it. Well, I mean, I hadn't ever had that situation where we were podcasting just like yeah, this. We're, we're literally anything, like but... four miles from my house, and I did, I've slept on the bus two nights in a row. <laughs> now, my wife loves it, too, and she doesn't want me to come in at 11 o'clock and wake her up. The other night, the kids slept in our room, so I would have woke them. So, logistically, it even made sense for us, too. But I'm just saying, also, I'm still like, even this last night, I'm like, maybe y'all should just stay here. We can hang out and finish. Maybe there's anything, you know, and I'm just like, because it is fun what we're doing. I just don't know if y'all would be like that. Like yep, the last right. night, I think you would definitely go home. You go, well, that was that. Sure. Okay. Sure. But I'm still thinking. And that's why I think y'all don't even go with me when I say something like, if I win $500 million and I'll buy your house and cars and all that <laughs> stuff to live near me, y'all, I would, I'm serious about that. And y'all can't go there with me. I think I we're not, I'm a closer friend to y'all than y'all are to me. <laughs> that's your theory. I believe that. A lot of your problems you come from the fact that you feel closer to us than we feel to you. I am closer to you. You trust me more than I trust you. You because, mean you trust me more than I trust yeah. you, is what you're saying. Right. I think you said it wrong. No, no. Everybody gets no, it. No, no. You, I'm a better friend to you and a better friend to you. I'm closer to y'all than y'all can be to me. He gives us because more than of we you, are capable of yeah, giving I, him. Yeah, I give more than you ever could. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> he gives more than we could possibly ever return is that's, the bottom line. That's pretty funny. <laughs> you don't believe me? Of no, course, of course you well, wouldn't. Well, let, I, well, hang on a second. It's not offensive. Just, well, hang on a second. That's a very, this is very funny to, to analyze from my point of view because Joey would have to resist that no matter what was his right. personality. He could never allow that to be possibly true. Yeah. And I will say a mathematical explanation was there's absolutely no reason to believe it would be exactly 50-50 in any relationship. So it must statistically must be true that one person is capable of and giving it's more me. than the other one. And then the only question is who and by how much. Sure. It is me So I, that makes me lean Toby's way. I would I would give more I just want to say and thanks. do more than you are able to. Oh, I mean, you could be wrong, and he is that to you, though. That's possible. How far will you so, take our friendship? So how? There's no limit. I how, wouldn't take our limit. There isn't a <laughs> limit to our friendship. Hey, for Toby, me. I just there say, is a limit for you. Thanks, and you man. know that. I appreciate it. All right. What? So, what do you mean by a limitation? If I were to say, Toby, I really am in desperate need to spend some quality time with you for the next three years. Can we please hit the road? I've you would never talk do that. About it has to stuff. be something real. Well, all we're talking about here has to be something real. I'm just you trying to think of. I, no, there's it, not too many things that I would turn you down on. So I'm trying to think of what that thing would be example, that would be so unbelievable for you to do. It's not example. a single thing. It's a total max capacity for giving and friendship. Yeah. Total max capacity cannot be equal in everybody. It must be different. And yeah. then the only question is, if who I committed, a, it? if you committed a crime, I am the person that you would call to help you get away with it. And you can trust me to almost, in, and now Matt, maybe even too. I don't know. Maybe I could take you there, but I don't know if you could. I don't know if you would. And if there were certain things like you, you can take me along with you 
to be mean and awful to people or happy and, and joyful and help like it help people hurt people do good do bad you can take me on all Toby, those answer me I can this only question. take you on a few I can only take <laughs> yeah, you on a few right. of those trips see, right. to me I see that more personality than time. I do friend stuff that, I, come on I don't what care what does that mean okay. what in the hell so does Toby, that mean so Toby just answered me mean. this question if you did commit a pretty bad crime and you need to call somebody who would it be? I'm gonna call Matt Carter. <laughs> Thank you. I know. Thank you. Now, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, if I just need to talk about it, I, I would call Joey. But if I need the help, I don't think I could put that on you. I just don't think I could put a, a crime See, on you to help me with the crime or something or anything like that or whatever it is. All right. So here's here's you're not going to start scheming or thinking about it. You just won't go there. You can't. I'm trying, go there. I'm trying to think of some real examples. When you lived in Charleston, <laughs> I, you bet you, I bet you, I bet you, I bet you, you turned me down as far as watching a sports game together more than I turned you down. That would be something st- statistical to analyze. And I, I definitely don't think you were always a yes person. I was always a no person. Nope. So also, I, you don't care if I come and watch that sports game. You don't. You never have cared. No. If I knew you cared, yeah, I would definitely be there. That is true. <laughs> you don't care if I say no. You don't think I really enjoy watching sports yes. with you? What Toby's you saying also really is enjoy watching still... sports without me. <laughs> Most Almost of... the same. You're you're pretty happy with you your, too. With your, I know. Yeah. But, but I'm saying we're talking about you. You are. If I knew, hey, if I turn Joey down now, it's really actually going to bother him. Of course I would be there in a second, but I know you don't care. Sports by yourself is maybe just as fun. So so most of what Toby's saying could be summed up with empathy. He could be empathetic to a stranger to where he's devastated about what that right. stranger may be feeling. So it's not, not, not necessarily the healthiest quality and does not necessarily make you the best friend, but it is a good quality that allows for potential closeness and giving. Fair enough? Yeah, I'm the pretty most. sure Toby's the most empathetic the most. friend any of us have. Right. Right, and that's why I said that on the episode before. There is not a friend that, of yours that will go farther with you on your, on any, your really good or bad thing than me. Right, yeah, I saying. agree with that. I think that's you, interesting. And you, you go in different ways. Not bad ways. I'm not trying to put you down. All right, let me tell you just for a second, guys, about Legacy Box. I'm very, very excited to have them come on the show as a sponsor because, as a lot of you guys know, I've been a little bit archival lately and sentimental-minded about things, and I'm telling you something I found that I am thrilled about and excited. I found a bunch of uh, mini DV8 uh, old little tapes and 8-millimeter tapes from a camcorder that I had Back in high school when we started our first band, me and Devin and Seth, and then uh, my first camcorder I had when we started Emory in, in 2001. I've got a ton of our first shows, all this stuff, all this footage that I have not seen in about 18 years. And I sent a bunch of it off to Legacy Box, and I cannot wait to get it back. I'll share it with you when I do. And I think it's going to be – I don't who knows what's going to be on there, but I cannot wait to see it. Also, I'm getting my dad helped out. You guys know that my mom passed away, and she, my dad has a whole house full of stuff that he doesn't know what it is. Some of it's videotapes, VHS, all this stuff, and our grandparents' stuff that he now has there. And he has no idea what to do with it, but we're going to archive it. We're going to make it digital, and we're going to preserve it, which is just right up my alley. I mean, the thing about Legacy Box is you can send it filled with your own home, home movies, pictures, and they'll do the rest. They professionally digitize your moments onto a thumb drive, digital download, or DVD. It's very easy to. I mean, the instructions are just a breeze. There's barcodes you stick on every item. You can receive all your original recorded moments back, and uh, you get them along perfectly with digital preserved copies, and you get personalized updates every step of the way just to know that your stuff is safe. That give you 12 updates, you know, telling 
you what's going on along the process. They're the world's largest and most trusted digitizer of home movies and photos. There's almost a half a million, 450,000 families have trusted them so far. They've been doing it for over a decade, and all the work is done by hand right here in the United States. This is, I really think you should do it. You should do it as a gift. You should do it just for yourself, especially, I think the videotapes are the coolest part about it because you probably have tapes from some old format that you can't digitize, and who knows what's on them. It's just really exciting as well as kind of just smart to preserve, you know, your memories, your family, all that stuff. Get it as a gift. Do it for yourself, but just do it. And there's really, there's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. You can visit LegacyBox.com today to get started. Plus, for a limited time, they're offering our listeners an exclusive discount. If you go to LegacyBox.com slash badchristian, you'll get 40% off your first order or save up to $200 on the largest Legacy Box kit. So you owe it to yourself and your family. Go check it out today. Go to LegacyBox.com slash badchristian and save 40% off today. Get started preserving your past. All right. Can I tell y'all my latest interest slash obsession? I'd love to hear it. Okay. Well, you know what it is, but Joey doesn't know about it yet. Um, I This is the craziest thing for me, it, but I just found out that story and narrative and structure and those things exist and are understandable <laughs> and doable <laughs> And figure outable and make sense. And I had just had the most craziest right. light bulb. It's, it's the closest thing I've ever had to when I all of a sudden the day I realized music was it was possible for it to just make sense. It wasn't just some right. pure thing that comes out of people. It's you can understand it. You can analyze it. You can predict what would work. I mean, yeah. you can you can have a language. Like as soon as I un- said that's possible, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna. I'm going to do this so much. And this is similar to that. I've always seen movies and films and documentaries and stuff like that. I even make the labeled podcast, for instance. No idea how to make it. Like, as of now, I feel like, how stupid am I to have ever thought I knew what I was ever doing, telling a story right. or trying to make a pot, doing anything, because I didn't know that there was a, a an art behind the art that was understandable and had rules and stuff like this. And so um, we were working on the the documentary, the What Would Jesus Sell documentary, yeah, and yeah. I've just been getting better and better advice on it, and finally ran to the person that's telling me, well, you got to know what you're saying. You got to know what the story is. You got to know what supports it and what doesn't, and all, all this stuff. It's like, yeah, 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 I think I know that, or I'm just trying to tell. The, you know. And like, wait a minute, I don't know. And right. they got a book recommendation. So I got, the, the book is it's Invisible Ink, and it's written by a guy named Brian McDonald. And so I, rec- I mean, immediately, cons- well, it's funny how I got the book in the first place. Brian is the, works in the same office that the podcast office is in. He works at the agency that I rent space from. So I see the guy that wrote this book and he advises this whole agency on storytelling as they develop their ad campaigns, stuff like that. And I was like, Oh, that guy could help me. And I asked him for a book recommendation. He said, well, you can read my book. I was like, Okay, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> and so I got the audio book and consumed it immediately and sent it to everybody. I know I was like, y'all got to understand this. We're going to use this stuff. This is going to be so good. And so Toby and Melanie and, yeah, I read and Chris Keen and just everybody. I sent Devin, everybody. Not you. I didn't think you'd be interested. Um, no offense. But no offense you should, I, I do recommend it for everybody if you're interested in making creative stuff. And it's just so apparent that that's how you write jokes. That's how you write a TV shows. That's how you write a movie. That's how you would script out a good podcast narrative episode. It's just so crazy. And so I'm real excited about it. And I hope other people get excited about it. And I hope they like Brian's book because it's, it's pretty cool. It's great. Um, we should, we'll try and have him on in the future. Yeah. So now all I see is uh, 
all I see is that in everything. It's like when you see a car going down the street and you whatever. So everything to me is a story now. And it clicked with me on the plane ride here, and I wanted to talk about it. It might be easier if we can think about it through the lens of story, how we see the church and what stuff might be going on there that probably sounds maybe makes more sense if everybody could get on the same page with the story. And so I, I've been look, studying different types of plots and stuff like that. And I basically ha- have this idea that the story that the church and evangelic, the evangelicals and the church that exists, that's there to uphold it and make it through, they see themselves in one plot line. And what I think we, or at least me see as a, is a totally different plot line. And they're in like act two of the movie and they think they're in one story, but they're actually in another. And I don't know who's right or who's wrong, but that really, really explains all the differences and frictions that different camps have. Mm. So here is what I've learned about a few movie plots, or not necessarily a movie plot, any types of story. They're kind of classic in nature. But there's one called uh, Overcoming the Monster is a movie plot. And I think that that kind of sums up the way that um, the regular church sees itself now is is basically the protagonist sets out to defeat an antagonistic force yeah. which is often evil and which threatens the protagonist and or the protagonist's homeland do you think joey from your outside point of view that that one resonates from the people you and your church your church staff yeah. and stuff like that yeah i think so i mean there's there's other ones i, I, I can't go through all of them to to, to do right, that right, right. um but as you know we constantly conforming to that because when once you feel like you're in a story and you think that's happening you see it you see it everywhere and you start to make it and kind of manifest so you identify the enemy and then they make battle plans and they're always thinking who's the monster how do we overcome it our weapon is the the holy spirit like it's kind of like star wars you know is that one Mm -hmm. so it's like the force is the holy spirit or something that can go in a million different directions even from a standpoint of well people are so busy so let's have a really interesting sermon series what do you mean? I mean, it seems like everything is approached by there's something that's going to come against us a little bit, like people being super busy. So let's just make the series right, the super narr- interesting. Right. The narr- well, the narrative that Matt's talking about is we constantly use that terminology in a way of overcoming the monster. This week it's work. The mo- you know, it's rough, or you got that bad coworker, or your marriage, or your finances. Is always this this thing that is that you have to overcome, and that's what our our story is. You're yeah, the hero. Some, right. You're, you're like, the hero. That's but being I mean attacked. the church itself, like right, the right. arc of the history of Christianity. The way we see that often, or people right. in the church see that is. There's evil. We have to defeat Satan. It threatens the homeland. It threatens our home. Earth is right. here. It's got to be redeemed. Right. There's the dark force. There's the Death Star out there. I'm Luke Skywalker and his people that are the yeah. rebellion and the resistance. We're going to overcome evil and reclaim our homeland. That's the narrative. That's mm-hmm. the yeah. everybody that Christians are in, or at least think they're in. Yeah. But it's Act Two, and maybe you're look reading the movie wrong. Is what I'm kind of you know is kind of you think it's not facing that. the monster. You're saying, I think it may not be after having read after having read this book. Yeah. Right. It occurred to me pretty, you know, it occurred to me a darker possibility there because one of the plot types is called tragedy. And this one seems to fit better to me, or at least explains the view from which I think we approach the church a lot of times. And that one is the protagonist character flaw or great mistake, which is their undoing. Uh, They're unfortunate and they're in their unfortunate end evokes pity at their folly and the fall of a fundamentally good character. When you watch a tragedy, somebody that you like, they're fundamentally good. Of course their intentions are good or it wouldn't be much of a film at all. Yeah. 
and they have a, oh no, a flaw. Oh no, a mistake. And it's going to be their undoing and they don't see it. And it just goes and then it goes and goes and goes. And I think that one might be true. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. That's sad, but that doesn't make it less likely to be true. So in that one, you'd think of, this is crazy if you want to look at Star Wars the other way. Yeah. Give me some examples. I'm trying to follow you, but I'm not totally. Well, you know, think about it from just the view of, and I'm not a big Star Wars guy, but think about the megachurch itself Yeah, as the Death Star. Mm-hmm. The bad guy, not the good guy. Okay. You know, so it started with good intentions and was even maybe effective. And, you know, it maybe it, may it was always inevitable and all you could ever do is hold off the, the creeping evil that kind of goes into systems and things and, and over time and corruption and stuff like that. Yeah. And so it, it's like, uh, you know, it's like when Jesus turned over the tables, like... <laughs> I see that now as like foreshadowing. So this is what I actually want to talk to you all about is the turning over the tables thing is like a foreshadowing event and a plot where there were the people that care about the money and the power and they're infiltrating the temple. And Jesus says, hell no, we're not doing this. And he resists that. He knocks them over and he drives them out. And he was telling us, don't, you know, don't, you know, you can't let this happen. Yeah. You can't let money, you can't let this stuff, it will happen, it'll always happen. It's the dark force, it's the dark side. It will corrupt the thing you care about, know your intentions are good. you got to keep these people out of here. you got to keep these people out of here. Right. And so when Toby was talking a few weeks ago about Bill Hybels and the model being corrupt and the model of the thing, I just, it's, it's scary to think about it from that point of view, but it feels like the government creeps or church creeps, institutions creep. They deplete resources, yeah. you know, from the roots yeah. and the system and they take it and they concentrate power and it's corrupting and it farms up people underneath and takes people out of these smaller churches and brings them in and uses them as fuel to accomplish their thing. And they were talking and we got an email from Craig Gross the other day after that episode where you were talking about what if the church is fundamentally corrupt? Yeah, people got really mad at me for that one. I know, but it's just a question. <laughs> right. And now I'm just thinking about the question. So you got me thinking, you got Craig right. thinking, so you stirred people up with that. Yeah. And it's we don't want to even look at it that way, but I think you have some obligation to try to right. look at it that way. Because, you know... Well, you're making a good point here. Even with the, the Star Wars analogy, and like you said, I, I don't even care about Star Wars like most people do, but... It's interesting that if you actually, if that was a real story, the Death Star and everything thought maybe they were. Yeah, they right. they always call us the dark side, but that's the, they're the wrong people. We're trying we're, to, to we're trying stabilize to, the galaxy. Our power or will, if we know, can right? take over everything, we'll run it better. If if church can infiltrate the entire world, we'll run it better than it is right, right. now. Everything will be better if we can take over. And and the light side or whatever they always call themselves the light side. Rebels. But they're wrong. Yeah, they're down uh, there. They just want oh anarchy. Oh gosh. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to do the right thing. We yeah. know that we have power, and if we use it together, we can. You know. It, yeah, we know that about film. That the farther it's evolved, because it's like you could understand. It, the Star Wars did that, where they had one of the stormtroopers. He realized, wait a minute, I'm not doing the right, right thing, and right. He, he, that's the plot of the movie. Yes. So you can be a, a worship leader, and you're a stormtrooper. Right. <laughs> You're right. I don't. I mean, that's, I'm not accusing anybody of that. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying. Wait a second. What if I'm just seeing it wrong? Yeah, yeah. What if I'm the, not the character in this film that I think out of that? You know? oh, like I'm not the. You know, it, that you have to be able to think that right. way. Right. Well, what's really interesting about that? You're right. Is, is as far as a story arc or, or realizing when you uh, it, it's when when it is overcoming the monster that that actual storyline actually does draw people together. We all have a united enemy, Satan, yeah. the enemy or whatever. So it draws people together. Hero. It is, I mean, it, nobody wants to face that you might could be the bad guy here. 
So well, let's just stay. Well, of course we're not. Uh, so the, you wouldn't uh, spend any time on right. That. It, 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 that doesn't feel right. Wait, you're telling me? Let me show you what we've done here and there. You know, let me give you the list of all right. the good stuff. And so it's so hard to even see that. And so nobody, like, no, of course the church isn't the bad thing. Everybody just doesn't even want to go there. What can't even think about it when I when but, I question it. It's crazy. Like we were talking right. about when but, I said Bill Hybel started the whole megachurch thing. If it's built on that, maybe it's bad. Is there a chance it could be built on bad foundation? Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a chance. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me let me let me bring this out with the temple cleansing analogy that you brought up or or using that as an example. So Jesus did call it a den of robbers. Like he's basically saying thieves, yeah, yeah, right, thieves right. out of here. So I think I would not agree with yeah. saying the universal church system, but no, the, of hold on, not. but but the Creflo dollars and who else are some rich guys? Like the, Seacoast? Yeah. Ken, Ken, no, no. And, and Kenneth Hagen, and Vinny Hens, these are the guys I joke. think of. No, I know. These are the guys that I think of. I so I think that's specific, I think you are right on the money with that. Well, see, I'm I definitely implicating every church that is modern at all, including Seacoast right. here. And I'm just no, thinking through this thought. I'm not making the judgment. I'm right. saying, well, wait a second. I want This does explain some yeah. of the type of behavior and thinking and criticism sure. that we love. It's for positive. I, like, it's not like we got to go uh, there. I mean, I just want to look at it that way, and I do think it well, hinges also, on how about the this? money changers being so, turned over. I think that's the, the, the other thing here is each of the, the churches are all the same system, and so they kind of also uh, feed on each other, support each other. So if something's bad, like the Bill right. Hybels thing, we we're not. That was like that was rogue. That wasn't our church system. It was just no, Bill Hybels yeah. messed up or something. It's not the church system. Not right. all churches are bad. Maybe that. But I mean, like you just said that it's not the whole church thing. It's nothing like that because this, this, and this. But what I'm saying is, you could also say the opposite. You can't at least say that. Sure. So, so I do think it's so And then the ultimate thing would be: Is there a chance that? We're trying to get to one church rules them all. Like if, if you keep picking off, well, the, Bill Hobble's messed up here. This one goes away. This one goes away. And what if a uh, hundred years from now, Grace on the Mountain uh, Episcopal uh, Evangelical Church is the only church, and it's the one. Yeah, that's the Death Star, right? I mean, isn't that the but, goal? Maybe. So to me, and I want I, Craig Gross. Thank you for sending no, that message not. because it definitely it was clarifying and good. So props What'd to you just for say? some of that. I just said no, it's not. What do you mean? That's not the goal. Yeah, but, but no, it is the goal. No matter what, I'm telling you, most mega churches think if we were the only church, we'd run church way better. You know that. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think most of the mega church pastors go if there was only a seacoast, if there was only an elevation, if there was only a Mars Hill, and we were all the churches, we'd be more efficient, we'd be better, we'd have more resources. Don't we'd do pin this, this, him on saying there should only be one because no, like, no, really no, no, there, this, no, but, no. What I'm saying, but I they think, all operate out of more of us they is would better. Do that. Yeah, at least you agree with that. They all agree that the more they grow, the better. Oh, right. sure. Okay. Which, that, that's uh, my point. Th- which you take to his logical conclusion, you land at where he is. But don't get hung up on the details. Yeah. So I'm not saying that's their intent, but it is. It's the impl- It's the. I just yeah. disagree. Is what I'm saying. How many? How many? I mean, no. How many campuses does Elevation you want or Seacoast not want? Right. They would Seaco- all want Would Seacoast have a campus in every state if they could, in every country, in in the whole world? Yes. Then the goal is we do church really well and we believe in God and we do this, this, and this. We want to be everywhere possible. We but, want to affect the please world. Please don't get hung up on that. But Joey yeah. does already agree that they all think that more of them is better. Okay. okay. That's what I'm so saying. So that uh, all, all yeah. of them? Yes. The mega churches in general and people in fucking general 
like that, think more is better. Oh, you why, do. Why are you so irritated? Right because now? you're trying to make a technical stop to yeah, some kind of strange good thing. Point. To have a conversation. You, you think this? The more people that bat, listen to Bad Christian, you think that'd be better. Everybody thinks. If everybody that. in the world listen to Bad Christian. You and I. There is no limit to how many people we want to listen to Bad Christian. Nobody's claiming there was saying. a technical saying. dominance where there could only be one, and it's all fertile. Right. We're not. Don't get so black and white about it. But they all seek to grow as much as possible. And the inevitable logical conclusion to that is the best one is everything. Right. But of course, that's not going right. to happen. Nobody is explicit goal wants that to happen. Elevation We're is not in Greenville, about South that, Carolina. So don't get hung up on. And Seacoast goes, well, we need to be there too. Right. That's this is, saying. but yeah. Let's, you don't agree? I don't understand what the he, power. He's just trying it just to, doesn't. It just doesn't matter. The benefit of the doubt that it's saying no, they wouldn't actually do I'm, that yeah, in the long you're run. Right. It they doesn't matter. Do right I was just making a side point that it's like the the system is causing. That's irrelevant. All right, guys. I'm super psyched to talk about me undies. Me undies caused me to really be a fan of underwear. That's uh, all Joey's wearing right now. He's completely <laughs> naked. All joking aside, I'm telling you, it has made a huge difference, and I really enjoy putting underwear on when it's my me undies. They so here's the deal: they use this micro model fabric, which is a full three times softer than regular cotton. So I'm not just saying they're softer; they legitimately are softer. I couldn't believe how soft. They are the exact fabric you're going to want down there. So they release multiple fun prints each month in matching socks and bracelets. And uh, my wife and I, we, we it's, it's kind of cute. We have these little matching underwear. Uh, it's a great little gift uh, for your spouse or whoever. 100% satisfaction guaranteed you're going to love these undies. But if you're not into them, you just send them back for a full refund. Here's something pretty cool. Me undies started a membership it's brand new and you can level up your top drawer with new me undies each month i'm telling you they've got cool designs it, whatever kind of underwear you like to wear they can supply you so members gain access to exclusive prints that no one else can get and they get pretty special members pricing on every product me undies makes and you can switch styles skip any month it's kind of you're in control here so get 15% off your first pair free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee by going to meundies.com/badchristian that's meundies.com/badchristian Love my me undies, and I want you to have some too. I do think thinking of it as the the the, the robber den of thieves and the thing people say we don't talk about the Bible enough. I I feel like uh oh, this is seems to be really important. You can interpret it one way or the other, but when you start putting the power and the money and the growth and the stuff into the thing, and Jesus seems to be resisting that and telling us to resist that, I think we stopped resisting that shortly after, and here we fucking are. Yeah. That that's a concern I have. And so in that case, in that thing, and, and I think that implicates almost everybody, and it's bolstered by some of the things that Craig was saying, that Toby said the other day, that made me start thinking this way, but it sounds clearer than it used to now that I can understand it in a narrative sense. We were talking about how people were supporting Mark Driscoll's new book. That seems totally corrupt from my point of view. Yeah. That could be wrong. But I looked it up at the people that endorsed Mark Driscoll's book, and it's Jimmy Evans, Craig Rochelle, Greg Surratt, Greg Laurie, Eric Metexas, and you know, like that's that's kind of big names in the Christian world. Yeah, it's like they circle together, they'll protect each other, and you think about their boards. Like we know the boards of these big churches that are paying the people too much and doing too much and doing that's dinner thieves type shit, where the boards are other pastors, mega church pastors in their thirties that are rich, and that's your board. That's flip that shit up. I mean, how, how? 
like you can't say, yeah, but they do some good stuff too. Yeah, I know, but in a tragedy, the good character is flawed fundamental. Like they're a good character, but they have a fundamental flaw that they don't see. And then you know what happens? That's what the Tony Soprano is, or whatever. I mean, it's not it's somebody you could like to some degree, but you see that they've already made some compromise that they don't see, and its effects are just going to stack up with the yeah. abuse, with the corruption, with the stuff, with the taking care of the. I mean, you start to see that I don't know who the Franklin Grahams and some of these people. You go, wait a minute, he seems like a he seems like a villain or something. Right. Like they well, start to look just, like villains. I don't even just, know what to say. It just doesn't work. All, and all you have to do is look at, and this this is where it goes back to Toby's point of doubting the whole system. Look at the one of the first guys, if not the first guy, who everybody's been taking their cues from, who's had a board the whole time, right? And has been mistreating women the right. whole time. Like he was the, able to do the, that through a system that, yes. that we all are following. Yes, right? and I do know behind the scenes. He was extremely so. This is from someone who worked at Willow Creek. He was extremely intimidating to everyone that worked there. There not, wasn't one person that felt like, oh, no, I'll tell Bill Hybels what I think about his decision. Right? Yeah, That's but that. Up. But everybody but was. Intimidated everybody likes to say, him. "Well, there's one bad guy," but this is what it's like in all these places. Sure. I mean, it happens over and over again. Well, they all and, have and similar systems. They're not bad that guys. Willow Creek, right? right. I mean, Bill. Darren Patrick had the same issue. Mark Joseph got the same issue. This abuse stuff is going to go insane over the right. next decade. Right. The scandals of stuff of people not having sex with prostitutes, but being abusive or manipulative on accident in many cases, harm, harm, further harm, cover up, harm. Yeah. This is what we're in for now. So it's just, you have to be willing to pay attention right. to it and not just say, but I know they have good, you just can't. Right. We just can't. Well, here's, here's, what I do, here's what I do think is the tricky thing here is, and I think it goes back to how Toby has been totally fine with saying, then don't let it grow, is... Let's let's come to grips with someone like Rick Warren, for example. He literally started a house church. Like a lot of these guys did start grassroots yep. and they said, right. All right, that's Lord, why they're good characters, Lord, fun, you know. Lord, do with this as you wish. Yeah. Next thing you know, their house wasn't big enough. Next thing you know, you have people that are saying, No, man, let's let's right. let's build a building. Mm -hmm. And then system's completely out of control. So a lot of these guys would say in all sincerity as well, I do think they're being sincere is I didn't ask for this. Right, now, but they I think but some now of them are caught lying. up in it and there you go. I'm not right. saying they're bad people. They're best people in the world. That's why it's a tragedy. I don't care. I mean, it's not right. I'm just saying this is the movie that I feel like I'm watching and my behavior demonstrates it, but at least I have an explanation for it. It rubs me I feel like the movie I'm watching, I'm going, "No, don't. Right. Don't do that." I'm, you know, don't you know you're watching a movie you don't want the bad stuff to happen it makes a good movie but you're like oh no he's making a mistake not because fuck you that's not right. why that's mm -hmm. not how I feel yeah and I and you know and so th this helps me put a little flesh well on the three it, but... of us would agree including myself so let's talk a specific example of this playing out we all disagree with Pastor Greg who we all respect Toby and I. We know him a little bit. Yeah, I more. don't have a respect issue with him at all. Right. I I think he's a great man. I highly respect. Right, right. Him and I had a conversation, and I said I do not think you should endorse this book. Now, obviously, he gets to make his own decision, but that is a perfect example right, right there where the three of us were like, "Why?" And I think is that what yeah. you're talking about when you said, "No, no, don't, yeah. don't do that." That's, all the people. Can I say something right. to that real quick. Let's just stay on that point right there. The thing that I, is nobody ever tells him don't endorse a book. Who, whoever, as he sat down, really, and had a real, I mean, like, and you did. And that's where we need to head towards. That's the thing that it, it bothers, it just, 
blows my mind. Like we're going to get pushback or I, at least I get pushback on my Facebook, social media, stuff like this. When I say things like this, I'm trying to help the church. Why in the world would a dumbass, really bad sinner, a bad guy like me, I know my heart. I don't think I'm better than these men. I actually think, who do I make fun of the most? Maybe I make fun of Stephen Furtick the most, right? <laughs> I think he's phenomenal. I actually do. I think he has a great gift. I think he's phenomenal at preaching and explaining God. There's not a part of you that thinks no, he could no, be crooked? No, no. Not yes. A part of no, you. Yes. of course he's no, crooked. Yes, that's what I'm saying. He is crooked. The problem is, he's to some I, degree. I actually believe he's taking some gift, and, uh, and, it's not, and because of the system, it's not being addressed, the actual crooked wickedness stuff. And mine is, you, you can... He listened to this podcast five times and know Toby's stupid. He's a bad guy, but you can't call out a pastor. He's just a human dude. There, yeah. I'm telling you, Stephen Furtick's good. Any pastor is Bill Hybels had a, a hell of a brain on that guy. Right. I mean, he's amazing. He did some fucked up shit, just like me. Not, not, I didn't do what he did. <laughs> not that <laughs> fucked up shit. I'm not that fucked up shit, but I'm saying he fucked up. Of so, course. So when you say but, these guys are better than but, you, except Bill Hybels. But, but what I'm on. saying is at, at any point, before somebody knew Bill Howe, there's something a little strange, but we can't even go to him. So we're actually creating this. And I hate the idea that when pastors go, I started in my in my house and it just get well, I mean, what are you gonna do? Turn people away? You yeah, don't that's... say that about Walmart. Everybody shits on Walmart. It's humongous and massive and mega. Everybody goes, that's fucking ruining small towns and hurting people. Right. And, all, and then people yes. and you say all the worst shit about Walmart. That's bad, yeah. but a mega church, well, it's different. I have no, some. No, it's not. On it's just a moneymaker. It's making shitloads of money. And that's what it ends up being about, a business, a machine. And so these men and women, hopefully in the future, who have brilliant minds and can do so much are being actually limited. I actually think all these mega pastors could do more. It would be shocking how much they could do. But our system, it gets they get caught up in it and go, well, you got to have this, and you do need this, and salaries, yeah, and, and can money. Can you distinguish and the body of Christ for something you care about versus the thing we call church overall? Like, I... Uh, there's no, you know, if it's corrupt and screwed up, then I don't have any allegiance to that system. I just don't. Right. Right. So how deep is the corruption is maybe more of the question, and what to do. I mean, how yeah. deeply is and it entrenched? But it, it may be way more than you're thinking, and that doesn't indict any individual. And Joe, right? I mean, it really. And you know, this but, as a pastor, the system is so easy just to get into. How many people at church? I worked at Seacoast too. How many people at the campus actually really were involved? Or it was just a Sunday morning thing where you got right. to, you know what I mean? Right. It's that easy. You right. can you can be a member of a church or involved or something but, with almost any no commitment, and it's so easy. So I actually do don't even blame the I blame the congregation. I blame right. me. But that here, didn't do anything. But here's the narrative that is perceived by the actual church structure is that every sorry Reva, everywhere we look, there are people that are dying and going to hell all around us. Right. Apparent, and I'm telling you, this is this is not a good narrative, but this is what's taking place. Apparently, there are people that can grow from what we just started here in Charlotte, North Carolina, called Elevation, and it is growing. So now we've got to be as aggressive as possible to get as many people right. as we, we know possibly their point can. of view. We know right. the narrative they're in. They're the one where they're overcoming the monster and the force of evil to right. save the That's homeland the and fight there. the enemy who's right. rallying against them. Right. That's what they're doing. I understand that. Right. That's what they think they are doing. Yeah, right. They're not saying bad guys in movies, if it's a good movie, don't say, I'm so bad. This is awesome. That's right. not real. That's not how it works. They just 
it's only there. In fact, they're not always that bad of a guy. They just, from the frame with which you're watching the movie, they happen to be the antagonist or whatever it's going to be. But I think that that part about them, you know, growing and claiming that growth is what scares me the most. Like you said about Walmart and all that, right? Is you know, because people are always saying now that religion's holding up or is growing. You know, like well, see, it's still growing. I just don't buy that. Mm-hmm. I know that's something wrong with that because I usually can tell when somebody's saying something that. It feels wrong in a number sense to me. I, I just feel like there's something wrong there, and usually when I identify that, I'm right. But in this case, they'll say that mega churches are growing, and I believe that. But they're be they're growing by consolidating the people and the fuel for this fire. Is this all, every small church on every corner? I saw this at Mars Hill. I've seen it, so it's not just conjecture. Everybody at Mars Hill came to Mars Hill from some other church that wasn't as good as Mars Hill, right, Toby? That from right. their point of view. Yes. Okay, so now I'm here. This is the real place. This is the good right. thing. This is the promise. I finally found a real good church that really X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. That church grows. It consumes every single person there left a smaller church to come to that mega church, which is now mm-hmm. making the stats in all the magazines and all the p- research that shows re- religion is not in decline. It's, it, first of all, it's got to be in decline because it, you, you open your eyes. You have to know yeah. that fundamentally. And then when the church implodes, when it goes too far, when it gets too much power, then it spits all those people out. They don't fucking go back to their other churches when that happens. We don't go. Some go back to the Catholic church here. Some go back. Not none. But for the most part, people came up one way, and then it fell apart because of men's sin and all the, you know, that fell apart. And the people went largely nowhere. They're destroyed from a biblical point of yeah. view. They're just pah, cast out, like no homeless. Like they're not going back to the other thing because the megachurch told them, we're the real thing. We're the good thing. Right. Little thing's no good anyway. Come here. And then that falls apart. Most people do not have the uh, overcome the inertia of trying to go back, find a new place that's subpar when you thought there was something. It, it destroys people. It destroys people's faith. And it's running on fuel like the Death Star where they go down and get every little nice colony of humans or aliens right. and they bring them in and make them, you know, they take over each thing in each village everywhere. You know? To, uh, see, it, I definitely it, see when you... predatory when, almost when to you, some degree. When you I mean, say that churches say, uh, no, y'all need to come here because all those little things... Uh, I actually see it the complete reverse. I see it from what you said initially is that's just what the people want. Yeah, okay. The people fine. feel like they're right. missing out on that. That's something. what people in power always do. That's what fucking right. Trump is and these politicians, and they're not different than the pastors. And the more they look alike, the more I'm out. Yeah, right. I'm out because they are, you can see what they're doing. They are catering yeah. and they are pandering and they're taking people and they're telling them what they want to hear and they're getting what they want. That is, so yes, it's the demand of the congregation. Yeah. That's how powerful people and politicians work. They tell you whatever you will vote for and then they do right. the whatever. The church should be a place for truth it's good for where it's not right. comfortable. All right, folks, you're listening to Afterthought, a new single by Dallas, Texas band City of Auburn. Afterthought features Amberlynn, Stephen Christian, and it is the second single for the band's new EP, Spinning. 
Spinning was produced by the legendary, and I know this guy, Matt Goldman. What a good producer and good dude, too. At Glow in the Dark Studios and is out now on Honey Gold Records. Head over to Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you stream music and follow the City of Auburn profile so you don't miss any new music that's on its way. Also, follow all things City of Auburn by heading to cityofauburn.net. Auburn, City of Auburn, like Auburn, uh, Washington. Cityofauburn.net and honeygoldrecords.com. Okay, do a little thought experiment here. Everybody that's listening right now, and you too as well, if you can, in the next week, just take an hour, if you have it, 30 minutes to an hour, ride around your town and look at how many churches look like Walmart, look like business. Like it, That's not a what coincidence. What do they do the mom and pop it's hardware not, stores? It, 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 the it's same not thing. a coincidence. Like it used to ride around, you would see like a church might be a steeple or something. That's almost becoming unique. Now a church is in a place that used to be a business and it still kind of looks like a business, and it's run like a and business. All the tactics and are it, business. I mean, it, it's the same thing. It's, it's unbelievable. Like, if, if I ride around my town, I'm going to drive by, and in a shopping mall area, outdoor mall, you're going to see a church there, and it looks just like the clothing store beside it, but it's not as a church. And that's not a coincidence. They're better at advertising than the clothing they're, store. They're, it's becoming a business, and it is what it is. Also, you know what would be hilarious? If you sat down with 100 uh, mega pastors, I don't know how many there are. Sat down with 10 mega pastors, I don't know how many there are. Uh, and said, I think you should give up the mega church. They would have the exact same face as the rich man that walked away. <laughs> right. I mean, if the I'm, exact same, yeah. I guarantee you that rich man's face would be exactly like if you said, Hey man, the mega church, it, it actually is bad. They'll go, no, it's you. I'll give anything for you. Lord. Wait, give up the mega church. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, Jesus drew a big crowd. That sounds harsh. Like 5,000 people came and followed him. And how did he further capitalize on it after that point? Not. He yep. did not. Yeah, I think I think the tough thing for me in this sort of dialogue is the fact that I know. Also, can I say this? I'm not trying to interrupt you. I do believe that you're in a uncomfortable position here because I know you're on the inside and you know your pastor's heart. You know that they're good. I do too. So That's I do. What makes I it do tragedy. want. I, I know, but I do want to value Joey's position here. It what we're saying is very harsh and very aggressive to people who you know. We're not saying they are right. bad, though. That's the thing. I'm not saying, like, Pastor Greg did something I think he shouldn't have. Uh, 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 he uh, endorsed Mark Driscoll, who obliterated a church. And I think, I, you know what? If I had to really boil it down, I go, I think people go, I don't know about Seattle that much. And ever, all I ever heard about them is they're liberals and all that anyway. So they must, maybe, I don't even know if they're Christians or not anyway. Or something. Like, how could you cast off that thought that he destroyed a mega church? And, I mean, and and well, a couple of years later, so what I'm saying, and that's not just, that's how many names did you read? That's what I'm well, saying. I'm so saying what is any that? of those guys that endorse his book are, you know how easy it would be for them to actually hear from the people that stuff happened to, and they all refuse right. or ignore, and I've right. sent them messages. Well, Me. So either the church isn't connected, or it is. That's the thing I don't understand. Either the church in Seattle is as important in the church as the church in Philippi. Or to the church in South Carolina, or to the church in New York, either they are all matter and connected, or they aren't. I don't know. That's where it gets really weird. Yeah, 
I'm just looking at it as a counter narrative here. Like, if I'm, I might be wrong about the way I'm looking at it, but I, I would, I cannot accept that somebody couldn't temporarily come over and look at it from my point of view. If I can make a little bit, like, what if this is a tragedy? What right. if we're in the right. middle of it? And we may, and I think we are actually. I do think. Anyway, that, you were but, saying something. I'm saying you're in a tough spot. Well, all I'm saying, I don't want to make you feel compromised because I know also you, yeah. you have a million great experiences working at a minute mega church. Well, the, no, the only thing with this is that as far as the system is concerned, my question has always been. Is there a time and place for everything? Was there a time and place for how they used to do churches sure, and all maybe. that stuff? But here's my my biggest, and I would say it's like a healthy conflict, is on paper, I agree with everything you're saying. In my day-to-day, I see so many people that say, in the South, so let's just say Southern culture, right. man, life is shitty. I'm going to show up to church. And then next thing you know, they got friends. They keep nope, coming. Yeah, I agree. They're going to small group. Sure. And all of a sudden, they can literally point back to six years ago and say, my life changed there. Sure. Right. I just showed up on a it, Sunday morning. Yeah. But anything's complex just, like that. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it, it, that, 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 and that doesn't that doesn't validate the system. That no. doesn't justify the system. It doesn't validate the, system, the politicians. But it, is, it, it, it helps keep it going, too. For me, that's what, keep, that's what keeps with. me going. Right. It's hard to argue with. I mean, that's what keeps me going is there's a bunch of people that – they literally consider so you know for a reference point. I think a lot of people may is funny. I think a lot of people may think I'm pastor of a mega church. So I'm a campus pastor of a smaller campus of a mega church. So we're talking probably a congregation of 450 people or so. I'd say at least a third of them probably that's their probably church 175. Family. That's their <laughs> that's their church numbers. family. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, that yes. is is their family. That's who they're there for. That's who who's there for them. That's who they call when, you know, they get sure. sick and all that stuff. So I'm seeing that stuff day to day. And so it is just so hard for me to say that's wrong because it's not. Now, it may have been birthed out of something that shouldn't exist. Right. But sure. where well, do all those people go if all well, of a sudden? Well, but, no, 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 no. Look what you just said. Where do all those people go? Nowhere. We don't have another option. There's this one thing that I think is sick and it's not healthy and you can't send your your congregation, your church right now, you actually can't send them anywhere else. It's the only option they have to get a a faith-oriented religious experience in that in that even across outside of Christianity, each religion has its own little set of things and that, so that's it. So but we're just talking about Christianity right now. It where do you send them? Oh to a, a small group that maybe it's just little church. It's a copy of the Sunday morning. Well, no, so, like Ryan so, Amick so is an saying. example of someone who says, I don't want to do this anymore. We'll start a house church together. So right. there are some people that have been like, you don't like that anymore? Okay, yeah, come on, fine. do this. No, no, of course, but I'm saying that's that the, the, the tiniest minority. The, the, corrupt, the corruption itself is the thing to resist. My, that, the fundamental thing I'm saying is corruption happens. It always grows. It's just that's so obvious. We know that about every system and government and institution that corruption grows. It, if you think the church is the exception to that, you're a dummy. I don't. I mean, I, I don't think you think. That. I'm just saying. No. You, so you have to be able to actually look at it and say, well, what line would I draw? Who, you know, if the leaders here circle the wagons and the leaders of an institution are rich, powerful, have political influence, and there's sexual immorality in. Like the sexual immorality thing is crazy right now because yeah. we have this issue where the Christians, for instance, I mean, this is really confusing because the Christians are the big proponents of sexual morality. Yeah. Now, that means that 
22-year-olds that want to have sex with each other are bad. And I tell you, it's really bad. It's 35-year-old men that want to have sex with each other. Right. That is the huge problem. It's a big problem. And we're dealing... Right. It is a big problem. For, it's a huge problem that we need to try to right. work on right. a lot. And they, however, now we're having... I mean, it. you know, what? What? what is exposed about Bill Hybels or Brett Kavanaugh or anybody else? I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's sexual immorality. Right. And that's in the leadership of the fucking thing. Right. And it's pretty rampant. And every... Body knows the church secretary ran away with the guy and the Greg. I mean, that's that's the oldest story in the book. Right. So sexual immorality exists here, and it's just in the leadership. And these yeah. are the same people that are rich and powerful and have a ton of political influence. At this point, they are the bad guys. I don't know another way to look at that. My whole worldview tells me, oh, yeah, whenever this is happening, these are usually the bad guys. Right. Yeah. So what do you want me to do? I'm, flex- I'm trying to be flexible in my thinking. My thinking leads me here. That seems kind of obvious. I don't know exactly no. what to make of it, but how is that? I mean, am I not seeing something right there? Well, is it not strange that outside of the congregation at these churches, the outside world mistrusts all of them? If you don't everybody actually go to that church. Right, mistrusts everybody. You know what I mean? Like, what, what church in any state that has a mega church do I really trust them? You know what I mean? Like, what, what, what has been proven to me that I should trust a mega church pastor that I don't know anything about or, or don't go to that I'm not in his church? Yeah, a rule of thumb should be, oh, mega church pastor, that's not trustworthy. Yeah, and that I, should be our rule of crazy. thumb. Yeah, and you said that, that before. That's, be why we're, but that's where we're at. That's what I'm saying. So right. now, but, do I think some of them are trustworthy? Yes, but that shouldn't be your default position. You should be like, right. oh, mega church pastor. That's. Probably not trustworthy. Better watch out. There's probably something going on that we don't know about. Right. Right. That's what, yeah. So I'm just saying, I mean, like, well, this is the, I mean, this thing's starting to just look like some crazy institution. And I I I will say this too. This is interesting um, to the conversation. I know a COO of a mega church in North Carolina, and you could probably Google the mega churches in North Carolina. Super, super wise guy. My parents' generation, so a lot of people uh, don't realize that my parents' generation, they're the biggest ones that bought into megachurch. They're, right. they're the biggest ones, right. man, because that was early 80s. They're like, man, I thought church was stale. I thought I couldn't learn anything. I thought I had to dress up. Megachurch, right. this is awesome. Their parents were like, this is just ridiculous. This is blasphemy. And now their kids, a lot of them are like, you know, talking and seeing right. things from this perspective. He says, for sure, no way of getting around it. No mega church pastors have accountability that's sufficient. It's, not yeah, one. it's like not really possible it's just or something. The right. system is in a place to where so they're the money and, changers. And, and this then. is and this is his perspective. He says unless there is someone on your staff that can tell you what to do, you have too much power. And yes. right now, if you go to one of those churches, you might be endorsing it with your tithe and your money, or without yeah. questioning it. So why not at least fucking question it? I'm not saying destroy it. I'm saying these men are um, so amazing that they built something unreal that might not can even be questioned. But how are, what, how are these men it's not, not welcome though? How, how are these men? But not, it could be so much better if it was. That would help. If, I agree. If every mega pastor got questioned, it would help. If Bill Hybels, let's say, twenty years ago, got questioned, do you think it would be this bad? But here's what happens. It might have still been bad, but not this bad. Right, here, here's what happens. All the people that just heard you, that they heard you say questions, just heard me. Like, yeah. So let's say they schedule an appointment to talk to a pastor at their megachurch and say, you know, Toby's right. I want to question some things. Right. 
if they question and they go hard enough, they're going to leave basically being told, well, this just may not be the place for you. Of course. I don't know what else to say. Right. But I'm just saying, you say, oh, Furtick's good and this guy's a good team. How are they not the money changers? How are they not them? They might be. I don't, I mean, they, they can be at least. At the very least, there's a possibility they are. I mean, that's a very, it uh, seems like well supported right. view. I mean, and if you look at it, these things, they farm resources from small churches that might be okay, or at least ba- not as bad. And, and I mean, they, that doesn't get out of hock all the churches that wish they were mega churches that happen to be small, but are doing the same thing. They're probably right. on, the, on the hook too, in my view. But it's different than the Baptist church on the corner in the rural place. Anyway, they're farming the people from that. They're pulling them out. Their numbers are growing. It's a big, hot, white flash before it collapses. This is what may be happening. I don't know if it's happening, but I don't know that the stats debunk what I'm saying. No, a lot of people like to say the megachurch is growing still. Ed Stetzer will say it. People will say it because right. it feels good and reinforce. Like, we're pretty biased to that information. I haven't found, and I looked it for 10 minutes, but somebody sent it to me. I don't believe that total amount of people worshiping God and going to church is increasing. That seems to be almost impossible that that would be true. Yep. It, the church is in decline. I say it is so. I say that is so. I am happy for somebody to debunk that, but it seems to be the case. People are do following other religions now, social justice this or politics that. Right. It's the same thing. Church is declining. Megachurch is capitalizing off smaller religious communities, and it's going to collapse, and it does collapse. What's Mars Hill without Mark Driscoll? Wait a minute. What's Mars Hill without Rob Bell? What is right. uh, whatever Francis uh, Chan's what, church what without Francis Chan? What happened to Marcel and Grand Rapids? It's thriving it and huge, I'm sure, right? No, I don't, I don't of course know. not. No. Is it gone? I don't know. But I mean, that's the th- that's the it, that's that's your answer. What is New you Spring without Perry Noble? What is the church in Nashville without Pete Wilson? I mean, they didn't. What? What? Are we, they they're takers. They took. They took everybody's shit. They ruined it, and it's gone. They destroy people. That's a way to look at it. Yeah, I'm not 100% confident about who did what. I'm not even saying Rob Bell did something wrong, but I'm just saying there's something really fucked up here, yeah. for, and it looks scary, and it looks potentially tragic. Yeah. But nobody – I mean, you got to be able to at least entertain them. I mean, he, here's here's how I assess the whole situation is when b- before this structure was birthed, let's just take it to the Acts Church – Paul was writing Corinthians saying, are you kidding me? Like, and so they were doing things in an organic way. There wasn't these big corporations. They weren't these big buildings and all that stuff. But Paul still had to get on their case, write them letters saying, this is messed up. Stop sleeping with your friend's mom sort of thing. I feel like both of y'all, I think I'm just talking to the air. No, I'm, I, well, no, you, I'm you brought up a good question. I'm sorry. I looked up Marcel Graham. Yeah, that's what I was Grand doing Rapids. too. I was just looking up Marcel I just thought Graham that Rapids. was very interesting. Uh, back in July 2000, when when Bell was still there, um, the church attracted around 6,000 church growers, goers to its Sunday service and up to 50,000 downloads per week. As of 2018, this community has worked hard to establish themselves. Their current weekly attendance is around 2,500. The so it, other it, people did not all or yeah. most go back to some other church. Many don't return they don't, to yeah. any church. The mega church, yeah. You, you, that's you, the top. You sold something out. that this could be the best thing, and then when you find out it's not, uh, it's it. not like the people in Seattle that were that were destroyed uh, from Mars Hill 
all went to other churches because no, they were like, well, they fuck don't. that. I know them. They don't. They just, it's not like, oh, well, that didn't work. Let's just go back to our rig. No, that's not what happens. Yeah. And this is years later, still the case. Like, oh, it'll take them a while. They need to, nah, they just, they're just out. They're just fucking out. Everybody's out. Not everybody. And some I mean, people it, try it, to hang on and they, some like, people try to do some stuff, yeah. but it, they got, they just it's got a really spit hard out. topic what we're talking about. It really is. When you think about walking into the temple and all of a sudden the, the, they're calling it money changers, but there's this table set up and you could buy this and you can get this. And then, you know, you go in and it's this big show and event or whatever. And that Jesus is like, no. All right. Now think about walking into a mega church. You got your coffee. There's a little bookstore over here. You talk. You this is the nice thing. Maybe they have a. They're gift using bag your tithe to buy here. yourself yeah, on the this New York Settler Times and, best and list. Like, Wait a minute. What is the whole thing now? All of that isn't bad. That's the thing. Like I'm that that this is why it gets so murky. All the things we're saying, walking into church and getting a coffee isn't bad. It's not inherently bad. It's even could be potentially inherently good. Uh, it could be either way. All I'm saying, but you don't even question it. If if today. A mega church says we will no longer do coffee, and we have to do something. It it would be a big issue, right? You and I yeah. had bit, we've we've had serious conversations about coffee and donuts at Seacoast when I worked right. there. Serious conversations. We weren't bullshitting. We weren't, we weren't mad or happy or anything. We just had serious conversations about that. And I'm like, wait a minute, whoa, what am I doing? Part of my job is to figure this part out. And how is that actually contributing to the kingdom? Maybe yeah. it is. But, I mean, that's an interesting time is all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it gets quickly twisted to go from this because there's a lot of self-proclaimed, we are a seeker church, we care about the people that don't know, and that's who we want to come in. So we've got to have those coffee and donuts. But all you're doing is keeping people that already said, I'm a Christian, around longer because right. when they go to your that's place, right. they get the donuts right. and they yeah. get the coffee the message was interesting, and the worship sounded just wonderful. That's a great. Right. So you're just maintaining these people. That's right, and exactly the whole, right. and we know the stage baptism, like it's all fuel, like the fuel. When I say this fuel of the resources, it really bothers me. Right, they're staging baptisms. They're claiming them. They're just taking Christians from other. Look at it this way. Christianity, that's the growth strategy of evangelicalism. Let me tell you what the growth strategy is for uh, Muslims. It is, you know, super lockdown culturally have people born into it they you know they were isis recruits people that are psychologically weak and convert so what you know they have problem. uh how about this uh we use celebrity in christianity is where i'm going um how about mormons do they use giant celebrity pastors what's their growth model what's name three mormon pastors right. name three with a big you, twitter following the only mormon you can probably name is the one that ran for president. Yeah, <laughs> right. But they have a strategy. You almost couldn't think of it. I know. They have a strategy, and it's make a ton of babies. And Catholics say no birth control. They don't evangelize. And I'm telling you, Muslims convert a few people. There's not that many people converting to Christianity. It's, yeah. it's a micro fraction of people. Who are just, just moving. You're migrating. Well, like, think about well-rounded, fine adults that are adjusted in the world, encountering Jesus and getting saved. That number is so much smaller than you could imagine based on what is reported by people who just right. steal people from other churches and then say, look what who we've saved. Yeah. It's I'm not saying nobody gets saved today right. in 2018, but not it's not no, it's what not, is reported. Yeah. No, the, it's the, not the, what the is report, staged. That always bothered me when it the, the seeker thing, and we're here for people who uh, all you have to do is take a poll this Sunday and say, who here 
was never a Christian before you came here. You probably will have one or two hands. Most of those people are already psychologically right. manipulated and say, I wasn't a real Christian before oh, I came man, here. And that's right. a fucking that's trick. True. That's well, true. Uh, the, the, the biggest thing for me is that... All right, so here's a thought experience. Let's say... What we're saying is harsh and true, and people don't like it. Well, let, let's, here, let's, let's do a thought experience. Let's say Seacoast, they say... I don't hey, like it. Hey, you know what? We're not going to do all these little extra things anymore. We just want the people that come... We want you to come because you want to be a part of this community, but we're not going to make coffee or donuts or any of that stuff. Like all the bells and whistles are gone. Well, you're going to get a lot of people that are just like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the new spring in Charleston, which in turn, people are going to start losing their jobs because there's not going to be enough money. So it is a tough situation because the, the very people that are in the system that don't want that to happen they also see a lot of good happening. Everybody. And, the, and hold on. That, and that's the, that's the thing that I cannot shake from my head is I would never start a church in the same way that most of these churches were started with the mentality of drawing crowds. In fact, I technically started a church, and it's in our living room. With uh, I didn't start it by myself. It was uh, some other people. But that is the tricky thing is when that system goes away, that at least in Charleston, South Carolina, there is a lot of people, all they did was Google churches. One popped up, they went there, and they found what they were looking for. And what were they looking for? Community. And better church with better carpet, better music, yeah, better air conditioning. Community. What they were looking for. Good, or, or, they community. or a comfy people. seat. Community. Right. right. I'm, I'm, I'm seat. telling you the stories of these yeah. people. They, yeah. they yeah. found yeah. community. No. Yes. There, there's a percentage that found community. There's right. a percentage that found, I like that pastor. He's yeah. not like that if last asshole. Yep. I left that church. Oh, this church has great coffee. What happens? There's a church to, yeah. in Franklin yep. that Jess and I went to many times because their coffee was amazing. That's the truth. <laughs> what, what happens to the budgets of these churches? Everybody goes there. In the giving of these churches, if they were honest, which they're not, and they never, ever will be, or even close to it, if you wanted to be honest about just one thing, and that is genuine, actual conversion of souls. If you take out the ones that are trained to say and know to say, I wasn't really committed or I'm rededicated or I came from another church. If you take out all those and you just boil it down to who as a functional, normal, stable adult encountered and got saved. And then you compare that to annual budget. If you got those two numbers together and they were dead accurate, the thing would fall apart in a heartbeat because it'd be like 42 Thirty million dollars. I mean, it's just. Yeah, it's just I don't even know and, what it would unless be. you value things like a dream center in North Charleston. I don't that no, constantly. No, no, no I, but, but Joey, I, what, I, but, but what, well, when, why, why don't you just let me finish? No, but I'm I, just I know, trying to finish a statement. No, but you just said a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, oh, go ahead. I I'm, really did. Yeah, no, I'm saying unless no. you value community and actually doing stuff. For the people no, but, but, in North Charleston. But you're Charleston. saying that in a way that actually makes it seem like Matt and I are assholes. I'm don't, no, don't, we're not, no, 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 listen. Not. No, listen to me. When you say you value community, I mean, people found community there. I do value you, community. You, so. you have actually no hard data uh, to support anything that you're saying. You said there there's some people you know that found community. Sure. And we they, they, they and, like and they, I love they like community. their neighbor or I'm whatever. All about it. So but you I'm, can't I'm say unless too. you value community. But I mean you're making it seem like oh because there's community that make that makes it worthwhile. Nope. Nope. There's there's community at Walmart. Now, to me I'm I'm actually describing a paradox that is constantly existing in my mind because mm-hmm. I see oh wow this is good. But the analytics that you just said as far as money 
And oh, but that's, there's so many. Isn't it weird though? You don't, you don't have a percentage but, of now, how many see, people find that's fundamental. That's fundamental to the mega church, though. That's what I'm saying. It wouldn't exist if they were not allowed to sell to people with money that they are saving thousands. If they weren't allowed to sell that to them, they wouldn't have a budget. It's fundamentally corrupt in that regard. And, and I don't like it because, like, like one of the things you were alluding to there was, listen, at least they're. You know, if they stop doing this and this, people would lose their jobs. So what you're telling me? I didn't it, say that's a bad thing. No, no I know. Get paid better anywhere it, they it go. Have, it feels that way, and it feels like I'm being a jerk for saying that. Except for you, definitely if I heard said, me wrong. Okay, though. okay, not Joey, somebody else. If I said, "Hey, yeah, but what about the tables in the temple, man? Those people—that's how they earn their living. That's how Jesus flipped that table, and I mean, that guy's not going to make enough money to pay for his kids." Right. You, yeah, you would you, say it doesn't matter. Jesus was right. Right. But it's not well, wrong well, to make money. I mean, get, well, just you, get on out of well, here. Well, I mean, you did. I don't want anybody to lose their job. I agree. Why is it a job? Well, you de- we have you, to at least ask that. You definitely took my tone wrong. I'm saying that the motivation to make sure people keep coming is partly paired with I can't see my best friends lose their job. I can't see that single mother that we just hired right. to be a receptionist. Yeah, lose but job. your ends just fine. We're okay. too big to fail. Too big to fail. I'm not saying that that's okay. I'm saying that is well, what the are you point saying? of view. I'm just saying that's how it all works. Because, no, but, no, no. But what are you saying? You're saying that isn't good, yeah, or we're it asking is good? you actually. No, like I'm when, saying that's why it doesn't happen. Okay, but but that's, Joey. Is it good or bad? Like, should those which people? Which narrative do you think? I, I, all you know? the people at Seacoast might lose their job. You think maybe keep the thing going because you don't want them to lose their job? Is that good or bad? No, I would say as a. Like, I don't want you to lose your job. Right. That would be devastating to me. We're talking about empathy and stuff. I'm an empathetic person. If you lost your job, it would be devastating to me. I would hate it. I know you don't want to. Right. I know you love your church. I know you're invested. But what I'm saying is just because you have all that stuff doesn't mean it's right. I was working at Seacoast as a worship leader, and I realized, wait a minute, I need to leave. I'm not on this mission. I'm I'm actually the bad guy here because somebody else can take my job, and they might be fully invested, and they're all this stuff. I, I realize that. Now, We've set up such a system that now we can't even get out of it because there's jobs, there's money, there's there's community, there's all these reasons why we can't stop it. So that means it's impossible to stop. It's too big to fail. Yeah, right. And I mean, y'all y'all heard me for the last five years say that I don't think that this system is God's right. best for the church. I think y'all have heard me say that. So, right. but or, I'm not I'm not defending. But the it's system, all we got. But, is that what you mean? No. But I will say here we are in 2018. I don't think it would be a good thing for Seacoast. We'll we'll talk Seacoast spe- uh, specifically. I don't think it'd be good for it to go poof. Yeah, I I, I'm not making that specific I'm just claim. I'm just I, saying. I would have to agree with you. Would it mean 100? If you looked at the narrative as a tragedy, like if you inhabit oh, that, no, then no, no, what? No, no. Then what do we do? Like how when the you church see... is set up right now, I do not think that it is good. My yeah. gosh, when I go into a, a church conference mm-hmm. and I. That just reeks of everything we're talking about. The first time I went to a big church conference, it was called, it, maybe it's a blessing that I can't think of it. What don't, yeah, it don't just, it's right. a church conference. Yeah, too. huge, huge conference. I got to think of it. Not important. I, <laughs> once the worship started, the lights, the good looking worship leader, yeah, they're all of good that looking. stuff. Always I, good looking. I looked around. And I saw people so engaged and so excited. I left and I called my wife crying. 
<laughs> I yeah. was crying yeah, on the right. phone. I was like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I don't understand. How what year was so that? Excited. Do you remember the year? It was a couple years ago. 05, 06. Yeah. Around that. It's and the funniest thing because guess what I did? Emory got a killer tour playing churches. We played this church with Emory. Catalyst. Band, it was Catalyst. And I, I walked out into a field and called Jessica, my future <laughs> wife, and said, I can't play at churches because this is so fake. The art and the music that I'm creating doesn't matter here. It doesn't matter because the system matters. The only reason I'm here is because it fits the system that I'm. I I, I check off the boxes. You. I check off the boxes. Christian, maybe cool, youth like, safe. Yeah. And so I went, whoa! But they can, this is devastating. Yeah. And what you saw was the exact same thing. Safe, not challenging. This is what everybody here likes. It's a concert. Wow, the money spent on this, and it's a hell of a show. If you could look at it just as entertainment, you probably would have thought it was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. And, but so all it is is what was that the Lord or right. killer well, he, amount of money? If you have spent? enough money and power, you can buy the coolest bands. And Mark Joseph well, knew that more it, than anybody. Is it not strange that the more money you spend? Is it not strange that the more money you spend, the more money that's involved? The more God has a calling on the church. Think of right. the co-opting that effect. Like that way? At of least that. looks like that. Does that disturb you musically? I mean, we need to think about that for the film and everything because yeah. they just have money, so they can just pay yeah. artists. They can pay Propaganda or King's Kaleidoscope or Emory, and they can make them come. And then you can tell them what to do, and then you can buy them, and then you can hire. You know, Mark right. Driscoll and them. We're trying to come to me and ask me, "Do you know any other famous people and bands that we could hire as worship leaders?" Like, right. what is that about? Right. What is that about? And they hired. I was like, "Yeah, Toby." Uh, they were trying to get. But Cody I thought from I thought they wanted somebody cool. Like, but it was you know, it was that like just it was cool. And Dustin yeah, but, from yeah, Thrice, yeah. like they just simply yeah. buy it, and then they get the artist. You know, it's like yeah. it's that's scary. Yeah. It's like, like credibility. Yeah, and then it. then this then it's boxed in. Then it's not free, and then it's just like like that's you're just buying it. I, I do want to. We got to end this because we need to talk about the BC Club, which is so awesome. Listening to all this, but I will say this. I feel like sometimes in these conversations, Joey's put on the defense because we're aggressive For and don't and don't reason. and don't work at the church. It is a good reason, but I also know in this we actually agree. What's different is Joey's actually boots on the ground in it. He's that a really what, that's what admirable stormtrooper. No, no, it's really interesting. <laughs> Joey has probably the same thoughts as us. And way more love for it because he's actually connected within sure. it. So this conversation isn't Matt and Toby against Joey. This no. conversation is we probably all really agree. Joey actually probably has more awareness of what he's in sure. and what he's doing. So we're I, I do think that's what that's anyway. what is a weird thing here is that everything we're saying you almost agree with, and at the same time you know. Of course, there's a, a single mom that came to your church and found community, and it was beautiful. So yep. maybe in your mind, I think you can go, maybe it's all worth it for that. I, and maybe I can agree with you. Maybe it's all worth it if there's a, a few people that come to James Island Seacoast, and man, they at least got connected once in their life. I think that's pretty valuable. I, I, I even have to admit that. Yeah, I do think it's valuable. I, I worked at Seacoast, went to Seacoast well before I ever worked there. And to think how many people's lives probably were impacted in a good way outweighs any negative I could say. Now, is that a reason to keep the system going? I hope Seacoast will well, be on the forefront of You may not know the changing. negatives, though. The negatives are not made plain or apparent to you, is what I'm saying. The amount of domestic abuse that is whatever. You the might amount of people right. that get spit yeah, no, You yes, don't know those no, things. They're not, you're right, they're not but, trackable. But those those two don't 
yes, you're right, but I don't know if they always equal. No. In but a you sense don't of, know is what I'm right. saying. You there's always bad either. and there's always good, so I don't know. Anyway, let's talk about the BC Club. And can, Hey, Joey, would you mind, first of all, what's your favorite thing about the BC Club? Do you have a favorite thing? My favorite thing yeah. would probably be my elite <laughs> role of reading the names like if i could think of anything it's my platform the privilege of it yeah. i am so jealous names. you get to do it i've never been able to say i'm so jealous yeah it's a it's a heart problem like if the bc club went away i would feel robbed yeah. of this privilege yeah. i don't uh, yeah i don't even care i'm humbled yeah. by it i don't you I'm wear, you by wear it. it well you you're the only person that could do this very humbled by it yeah. so you do I, it so good yes the uh, the list of of people that I'm going to read from right now they are all from America. I don't know if that's true, but read the names, please. Oh God, he's frozen. I think. <laughs> did y'all did y'all know one time I got up for a response time and I felt like my mind just stopped working for like five seconds and I was like I don't know what I'm gonna do and I almost like nudged Robbie just to like I. It's Isn't that funny? Like, like your mind definitely didn't stop working. You had all this anxiety and fear and thoughts and about everything, but <laughs> so much so that you couldn't even focus on what. All you right, had so to these do. people, blah, 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 these people went to thebcclub.com, and some of them were motivated by just getting more content, and they get three times the content. Well, yep. I guess if you go by how long the BC Club episodes are, they doubled their content. They get right. double the content, but they get some online community if they're into that and even some free stuff. And so we have... I wish you'd let me read them just once. We have Jonathan Diaz, Stephen Whitten, Garrett Fitzgerald, Joseph B. Ruh. Is that is he trying to do something, Joseph B. Ruh? Bira, Julia so. Sawyers, mm-hmm. Jason Batten, mm-hmm. Brandon Autry, Amen. Darren Spence, Taylor McCarl, Robert Moore, Hallelujah. Magnus Isef, we need e- it. Espeth, no, Espeth, Tyler uh. Wicks. Say it. You're, you're gonna make you're gonna make some of these names not be heard, and this is one of the perks. I'm really sorry. Joel Grow or Grohe, uh-huh. Eric Grohe. Clymer. Shane Cameron, Tyler Langley, Nicholas yes. Allen, Justin Adams, Ryan Combs, Katie McGrainer. Oh, Griner? I Grainer? just want to say about Katie McGrainer, yeah. she is a wonderful woman of the Lord. I was talking to her the other day, and yeah. she has were a not. wonderful testimony. You were not. Yeah. I love her testimony. You're right. Yeah, her testimony <laughs> is oh unreal. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. Unreal. I've seen it in a video before with oh, some music in yep. the background. They put it up on the screen. And it, like, started with her and her yeah. husband in the kitchen cutting oh, some poultry yeah. and stuff, and talking about their yeah. story oh, man. Just... i think it was like yeah, yeah it was like imagine dragons playing in the background and it was just got powerful <laughs> all right y'all don't forget to come see us on the bc roadshow soon on the east please coast coming up go to bc roadshow.com i don't have to spend time talking to them. Yep. there you the go Hi, BC Pod listeners. This is Matt McDonald, and I'm here to tell you that my band, The Classic Crime, has a new album coming out, and we are crowdfunding it on Kickstarter right now. If you go to Kickstarter and type in The Classic Crime, you will see it. It is our sixth full-length album project, and it's our fourth Kickstarter, and we've got, oh, 20-some-odd days left. Uh, Packages to sell, exclusive vinyl, get your name in the album liner notes, cool stuff like that, which is always fun. It's way more interactive than a regular pre-order. 
and that's why we do Kickstarter every time to stay independent and be able to kind of interact with the people that that are buying the music and uh, take them on a journey with us. And so this record will be a collaborative project. I'll be traveling around, writing songs with different people, and I'll also be on tour this fall with my wife for Vocal Few. We'll be on the BC Roadshow. So come say hi to us there. Um, it's going to be a weird thing. You know, we're going to open up for He Is Legend and, uh, and <laughs> Emery. And uh, we are folk and pop. So, you know, show up, sing along, support the softies. That'd be nice of you. BC Roadshow is going to be on the East Coast and kind of in Eastern time zone this November, starting on the 8th in Nashville. So go to bcroadshow.com. Also, I'll be touring in January by myself down the West Coast doing classic crime songs in living rooms and potentially songwriting workshops. If you have any uh, questions about that, you can find more details at theclassiccrime.com. Thanks for supporting independent music and supporting this podcast as well. Till next time. <laughs>